It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning, South Coast. And yeah, it is time to get up and get going. I had to do it and be here for 6 o'clock, filling for Tim Weisberg and and uh, happy to do it. Tim, I think, is going to be back tomorrow, but uh, happy to be with you this morning till 9 o'clock. The, uh, <clears throat> it's it's going to be a, a beautiful day today. Uh, enjoy it because we got rain coming in for the next, uh, I think, next few days. But But there's always a bright side to everything. Not necessarily on a rainy day. There's not much brightness, but but there is going to be warm weather coming in with it. I think we're going to get up somewhere close to a couple of days at 50 degrees, which will seem like a um, a heat wave for me. I just got back from New Hampshire uh, last night. I was there for two days working up at the Trump headquarters and attending the uh, rally uh, two nights ago in in uh, Manchester. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to this this heat wave. I might even grab my short sleeve shirt and I won't have to have some horse neck uh, for for a swim but I'll I'll definitely um probably be running around in a short sleeve shirt taking my walk or whatever but I wanted to um I wanted to um thank you all for coming on this morning I I know by now probably most of you've had your first cup of coffee I hope and um you can you can call in it's going to be uh, I think the next 2 hours is going to be pretty pretty interesting around the issues of what are what are happening for our country in the next uh, two days, and what the developments have been over the last uh, twenty four hours in regards to the to the Republican campaign, and um, you have um, as you're getting ready to ride into work or you're enjoying your second cup of coffee. I hope you'll uh, you'll join the conversation at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. That's five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is uh, the way to call in and, and uh, have your voices heard. I'm interested in your thoughts as we really uh, dig into the issues around the upcoming election and um, your perspectives. Before I get to that, though, I want to I just touch on a couple of, um, I think, important issues that are, that are current, one of which is, and I want to th- offer kudos to Northern Wind and the seafood processing businesses in our area, for their collaboration with the fishery uh, non-government organizations and fishery experts to develop a um, fishery improvement project. It, it's, it's actually, that's actually an official name developed in fish, a fishery improvement project where they have decided over the next three years that they're going to focus on ways to prevent whales from getting entangled into the, uh, the lobster, lobster uh, pots and lobster gear out there so that um, <clears throat> they can preserve the whales. And uh, some of the things they'll be doing is looking at new ropeless gear, meeting mandates for tracing from the harvest location to the end user so they can learn more about about migration and, and the activities of the whales and then watching for whale migratory patterns uh, so that they can, they can protect uh, the, the species of whales. Um, particularly the right whales. So uh, kudos to Northern Wind and the seafood processing businesses in our area. You know, it would be nice if 
we saw the federal government uh, looking for for ways to help our fishing industry in relaxing some of these these restrictions that they put on them that make it very difficult for them to to take advantage of the catches and so forth and so on. Um, <clears throat> we've we've seen the the impacts on the fishing industry and and actually what I was very uh, happy to hear when President Trump was speaking at the rally two nights ago in New Hampshire, he included in his speech was uh, the comment that we need to take care of our fishing industries. We need to give them uh, the support they need to be able to do their jobs and not um, make it more difficult uh, for them to make a living and to provide the otherwise catches that they could for the people of this nation. So it was really great to hear President Trump during his speech call out the and, and recognize and understand that there is a need to do something to support our fishing industry. So that's uh, that's exciting, I think, for news for all the, the hardworking fishermen and the people that do the fish processing, not only here but across the country. The other real interesting an important uh, news story that it's broken recently was this whole issue around Steward Healthcare. Now, Steward Healthcare is a a big or, a big uh, operation corporation that runs nine hospitals in the from Merrimack down to the South Coast. Included in that is the Good Samaritan Hospital in Brockton, St. Anne's in Fall River, and here's why this is such an important story. It's an important story because they're in serious, serious financial trouble. So much so that they're talking about the possibilities if they can't get out of this financial disaster, that there's a potential they'll close nine hospitals from Merrimack to South Coast. And it's really important to think about what this means to us. You know, they're in trouble primarily because 70% of the patients are covered, that they treat, are covered by Medicaid and Medicare. Now, why are they suddenly having this major problem? And I think probably many of you know the answer to that. Not in total, but the increased treatment that is being given by people on Medicaid. Now, I know that, for example, in Massachusetts, the Department of Transitional Assistance has been going out of their way to try to sign up these people who have poured into our country illegally and make sure that they get Medicaid benefits. They're making extra efforts to get these people who have contributed nothing who knowingly have come in this country in violation of our laws to get Medicaid. And yes, they don't have jobs, most of them. And yes, you're paying for it. But you're not just paying for it financially. You're also paying for it with regards to your health care. Think about this. How many of you know of stories where you've had friends or relatives that have gone to the emergency room and they've sat 
in the emergency room hallways when it was determined they needed to be admitted. And they're laying on, on beds, stretchers, in the hallways for two days before they can get a room. And I was told in Brockton Hospital, and this is, this is months ago, and, and there are others like it, where people who are here illegally that were admitted into the hospital, treated, and now were able to be released, aren't being released. And the reason they're not being released is because by law they have to have an, an a, uh, address to be able to be released on, and they don't have an address. So what does that mean? Well, according to what I've learned from sources, for example, at the Brockton Hospital, there's almost an entire ward of people who are able to be released, but they're not being released and are occupying beds that other people who are waiting in the halls could have had, but for the fact that these individuals can't be released because of the existing law, and they're not legal citizens here. So how is that fair? And if they shut down these hospitals, one hospital can take, for one day, they could they could accept ambulances that would have gone to the hospital that, that now is shut down. But they can't do that for any sustained period of time. So now what? Where do you send the ambulances? If they can't, and they shut these hospitals down, what's going to happen to these emergency patients that have to go there? This is a serious, serious problem that we can't just sort of look over and say it's somebody else's problem. We are the ones that are directly impacted by it. And it has everything to do with the the policies of the current administration in Washington saying, pay no attention to what's behind that curtain, the one that's pulling the levers and saying, just come on in, in violation of the law. At the expense of you, your children, your neighbors, and people that have been paying into the system all these years so that you could have adequate health care. We have, you know, a growing senior population who are going to need more medical help, obviously, as you get older. And we're going to deny them because people who violated the law want to come in here and get the same benefits and advantages after contributing nothing. Let me know what you think about this. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on it as well. 508. 508- Nine nine six zero five hundred five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. It's really very concerning to me, and it should be to all of you, uh, because it, this situation is not going to get any better, and it is a very, very, very serious situation. In fact, they are already writing uh, articles to suggest what you need to do should your hospital and the caretakers in that hospital, some have specialists that you might go to for cancer treatments or other things who will no longer be available because the hospital's closed and those doctors have to move somewhere else. So now what are you going to do for that, that caretaker? You have to go find somebody else. So what they're saying is what you need to start doing 
is making sure that you're getting copies of your medical records so that you have those because if that happens and there's not enough notice, you're going to be trying to chase down things that are rightfully yours that you need to give to some new doctor that hopefully you can find that's not too far away from where you live to continue your treatment. And they're going to need your your past history. Otherwise, you're going to have to go through all kinds of new exams and other things that are just going to be more costly, more timely, and perhaps, you know, more of a threat to you in regards to your ultimate health care and whether or not they can they can eradicate the, the issues that you're dealing with. So really serious stuff, um, kind of heartbreaking in a lot of ways because these are things that we could have avoided if we just did the right thing and abided by the laws and not got ourselves into this this quagmire of, of problems because we're now handing out things left and right to people who have contributed nothing and frankly um, don't have a right to those things. We're going to go to break and uh, we'll be right back. Uh, 508-996-0500. Call in, let me know what you think. I'm interested in having a discussion around this hospital closures or, um, you know, what the Northern Wind and the seafood processing businesses are doing to, to save our, our whales. We'll be right back. Good morning, South Coast. I'm Tom Hodgson filling in for Tim Weisberg. And uh, what a beautiful day outside. We have uh, warm weather's coming, but so is rain. But uh, after coming back from New Hampshire after two days, uh, I have to tell you, I'm just looking forward to the to the warm weather. I'm not too worried about the rain. Um, but thanks for joining me this morning. Uh, I hope you're up and at him and on your way to work or having your second cup of coffee by now. Uh, 508-996-0500. We've been talking about a lot of issues. I just, before we went to break, was talking about the closure of potentially nine hospitals, including uh, St. Anne's and uh, and the hospital up in uh, Brockton, which, uh, which is the Good Samaritan Hospital. And we were talking about how these kinds of um, drastic situations occur. And this one particularly has to do with the overwhelming cost of care for Medicaid. Um, and uh, I'm going to get into to, um, the governor's reaction to this or, or lack of reaction to this, lack of action, I should say. Um, and uh, But I'm going to go to our first call, our second caller, actually. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Happy Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Sheriff... <clears throat> Uh, I don't know if you can answer questions that are rumbling around my mind. Um, maybe not. But before I ask the question, I want to thank uh, you and uh, President Trump for uh, being the patriots that you guys are. Uh, I mean that sincerely. Thank you. Uh, and I see it as a, an, an, accurate, uh, an accurate statement. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very good. much, you too. Thank you very much. Thank you. And the other thing is, I'm wondering how the heck Trump became came to become such a patriot. I mean, he obviously has uh, just about everything to lose and nothing to gain from a lot of people's parochial parochial perspectives. Um, but uh, I, what, what influences I think what, what influences were they that were on his life 
that turned him into such a person? I guess people that he grew up with or stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. I think his experience, I mean, he, he's obviously dealt with an awful lot of people over his, his time. He's built the, these big high rises. He built a, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. And, and frankly, um, I think he comes, you know, from, from obviously good values. Uh, you can see that in, in what happens with his decisions around our, um, our future and, and the things that he's done as president. I, I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to work with him in his last administration, uh, meetings in Washington with other sheriffs and so forth. And, um, one of the things that impressed me the most was a, a story that, that I actually experienced personally where, um, I was at my chiropractor and she told me that a friend of hers is a, has a child, an eight-year-old son who is uh, has autism, and he has Asperger's, which is a particular type of autism. But this type of autism, uh, the person generally tends to focus is a high-functioning uh, type of autism, but tends to focus on one thing. And she told me um, a story about the the mother walking into the room. The kid's name was Maddox, and said, "Hey, Maddox." Uh, morning and he was standing at the bottom of his bed in his pajamas with his hands by his side as proud as could be had taken all his blankets and laid him over the bottom of his bed and when his mother walked in he said mom because his focus was donald trump at eight years old he pointed to his at the bottom of his bed and said mom my wall's bigger than donald trump's wall and uh and so i i said you got to get me that that video i want to get it down to the president which i did and um and so I said, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be down there uh, in a week or two, and I'll see if I can't get the president to sign something for him or what have you. And uh, we were in a meeting. The president had gone out the other way, so I didn't get a chance to, to ask him. But I said, I can't go back without getting something for this kid. So I went over to the White House store. It's a commercial store about a block from the White House. I found a, a – I'm like, what can I get for this kid for – I don't know who he is, but I'm going to get him something. I got found a Donald yeah. Trump bobblehead. So anyway, I'm going to try to – cut the story short as best I can. So, so I said, I get it. I'll get him this. I come back. I, I bring it to the chiropractor a week later. I'm waiting in the lobby area and the woman that's sitting at the reception desk who I hadn't seen said, how was Washington? Which surprised me a bit. I said, well, it was great. She said, well, my, my son loves Donald Trump. It turns out that this is her son, the one I just spoke of. So I said, well, yeah. I guess I'm going to give this to you. So I gave it to her and she, um, she basically said, well, look, I'm going to, I'm going to video it when I give it to him. Well, she videoed it and it was amazing. Thank you, Donald Trump. Yada, yada, yada. I got the video down to Don, to president Trump. Next time I'm down there, I'm in a meeting. The president says, hey, did I, did I give you, send you some pictures? I said, well, if you did, Mr. President, I hadn't gotten them yet. I said, but I sent you some videos. He said, and it was when everybody was giving him hell, which was about every day. He said, they were so great. So about a month later, I'm back at the chiropractor and the woman says to me, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? I came home today, uh, yesterday, and I grabbed the mail, and there was a letter in there for Maddox from the president. Now, this kid's eight years old. He's not getting any votes from President Trump. And she said the letter was the most beautiful letter, said, Maddox, thank you so much um, for your support, and you're going to be a fine patriot. You're going to do great things for, for, the, for us and for this country. You're a fine young man. And he didn't need to do that, but that's who he is. And I've seen other things that he's done in meetings where he's signed off to an angel mom who lost her child and just 
sent a letter back that they had sent to him to say thank you for standing up for future moms and dads and families to prevent them from having their kids get you know fentanyl poisoning or what have you by securing that border so this is the this is the guy that people had don't get to see every day but a guy who genuinely cares about the american people so <clears throat> you know he there are things you know he says sometimes that might be off-putting to people but he's he's a new yorker and he's a business guy he's not interested in saying something he thinks you want to hear he's going to tell if you, you what he thinks lot, is best if for you America. look at a lot of the people that he grew up around that he worked with in new york city yeah that that's how you talk yes 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 but you know what it isn't yeah. i mean the talk part but look what look what he's gotten done yeah, exactly yeah and that's what we have to look at we're in it we're this country is in crisis right now and we're terminally well, I, ill, and we need a guy yeah. who who knows how to how to fix it. And we've seen that he's done it in the past, and he loves America. So, I, I think that uh, what we need to look at is something you were referring to earlier. I almost felt like you stole one of my analogies because I told people I say, listen, imagine that you have uh, a heart condition, and there's only one heart surgeon in the uh, world yep. that can do this surgery. However, guaranteed, a hundred percent, this guy's going to get it done. Yeah. You go into his office, you're Jewish, you go into his office, and there's a swastika on the wall, and he salutes you and saying, hi, Hitler, are you going to walk out of the office? Yeah. Well, The guy's going to get it done. In other yeah. words, and I tell, another one I tell him is like, you have a car, and it's a one-of-a-kind car, it's a, some kind of a Maserati or Ferrari, something like that. Only one guy in the world looking to get the mechanical work on it done quickly and, and uh, successfully. And the guy comes out and he's dressed like a bum. Are you going to get rid of him because you don't like the way he dresses his, in his clothes? Yeah. Uh, well, it's, the doctor, the, the doctor analogy I always use is, you know, if you have the, if you, somebody's dying or, or has a serious strain of cancer, and you know there's only one surgeon that can eradicate that kind of cancer 99 percent of the time, but has not much good bedside manner. What what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to go to that doctor. And as I said, this country's terminally ill. We've got a guy who knows how to cure it and get us back on track, and uh, we have a choice to make. And it's not about party. It's about our children, our grandchildren, our neighborhoods, and the security of this nation. He's the right guy. i got to go to break now, caller, but thank you so much for your call. And uh, we'll be right back, 508-996-0500. Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. Donald Trump is praising former GOP rival and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis after he dropped out of the race for the White House and backed the former president. Speaking at a rally in New Hampshire Sunday, Trump called DeSantis a terrific person who ran a really good campaign. He was very gracious and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. I appreciate that, and I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. DeSantis posted a video on X, formerly Twitter, Sunday, stating his intentions to suspend his campaign and endorse Trump over former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. The U.S. military is ending a 10-day search for two Navy SEALs who went missing in the Gulf of Aden. The two are now presumed dead, with recovery operations underway. They went into the water January 11th during a nighttime mission. The U.S., Japan, and Spain took part in the search, which spanned over 21,000 square miles off the coast of Somalia. Democrats are starting up an abortion rights campaign this week on the 51st anniversary of Roe v. Wade, overturned by the Supreme Court in 2022. Michael Kastner reports. The court's decision took away the constitutional right to an abortion and left the matter up to states. 
Vice President Harris will be in Wisconsin today to talk about what the Biden campaign calls a Republican assault on reproductive rights. She'll be joined by President Biden Tuesday in Virginia for another rally. I'm Michael Kastner. A U.S. senator who was in the Capitol building during the January 6th riot is stopping short of criticizing former President Trump for referring to rioters facing prosecution as, quote, hostages. Speaking on CNN's State of the Union, former presidential candidate Tim Scott said 99 percent of those at the Capitol that day were exercising their First Amendment rights and the few who are accused of causing a riot should be tried through the justice system. It now costs a bit more to send letters in the mail. Over the weekend, the United States Postal service increased the cost of a first-class forever U.S. postage stamp from the current 66 cents to 68 cents. The price of domestic postcard stamps also rose from 51 to 53 cents, and stamps for international postcards are now up a nickel to $1.55. The lead singer of one of the premier 1960s girl groups has died. Scott Carr reports. Walking in the Weiss was the lone member of the Shangri-Las who stayed with the group during their entire run. Their hits included Remember Walking in the Sand and the four-girl group hit number one in 1964 with Leader of the Pack. At their peak, the Shangri-Las performed with the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Weiss's death is confirmed to Variety by Norton Records. She was 75. I'm Scott Carr. Turning to the South Coast, a Lakeville man is charged in a fatal crash. 73-year-old David DiLorenzo is accused of motor vehicle homicide and driving under the influence. The four-car crash killed 75-year-old Richard Reed of Lakeville. DiLorenzo is said to appear before a Wareham judge this morning. And Fall River has hired international firm Stantec to help with the residential and commercial redevelopment of the waterfront. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Celtics beat the Houston Rockets 116-107. to They visit the Dallas Mavericks tonight, and the Bruins host the Winnipeg Jets tonight at TD Garden. Now we check your forecast with ABC6. Bundle up, another cold morning out there before we get to enjoy the seasonable temperatures, but it won't be until this afternoon. This morning, feeling like around the single digits when again into the teens. Mostly sunny skies. Don't let the sun fool you. It'll be mostly sunny this afternoon. The temperatures, however, are quite seasonable in the upper 30s. Clouds overnight tonight will be decreasing slightly as we head into a very active week with some precipitation. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Cecil Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. This WBSM News Update brought to you by Sparks Auto Dartmouth, home of the $29 oil change. Your choice for auto repairs, brakes, and inspection stickers. Sparks Auto, 425 State Road, Dartmouth. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts the WBSM app. Tim wants to hear your voice this morning. Even if you can't call in, open up the WBSM app and hit open line to record a voicemail he can play on the air. Now, more Tim here on WBSM. If tomorrow all things were gone, I'd work for all my life and I had to start again. Given where we are in this country right now, I can't think of a more inspiring song and a great way to come into our next segment. I'm Tom Hodgson, filling in for Tim Weisberg. I'm uh, really happy and pleased to be here and have the opportunity to spend some time talking with you. Um, 
<clears throat> we got a lot to talk about, uh, and certainly the top of the list is the New Hampshire primary coming up tomorrow and what this means going forward for us in this country. And I'm going to go right uh, to our first caller, 508-996-0500 is the number to call in. And love to hear from you and have you engage in our conversations. Caller, are you there? Hi, caller. Yes, I am, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, good. Sheriff Tom, um, I, I, <laughs> sometimes I get puzzled how we get here. Um, this whole thing with the illegals coming over and all that, isn't that all really created but I owe by our own government? Oh, there's no question about it. Uh, look, <clears throat> when I was at the border, I've been to the border five times. I've been working on this issue for about 25 years. And uh, I know it inside out. I've dealt with Congress. I've testified down before Congress and watched the continued failures of them to act. And 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 even been when I was at the border uh, in McAllen, Texas, I remember when Mara Healy was attorney general, uh, she was on the other side the same day I was at the processing center and uh, working with the Border Patrol and and um, <clears throat> and uh, other officials down there uh, to talk about how are we going to deal with this problem as it's coming into our communities across the nation. And um, at the same time I was there doing that, she was on the Mexican side of the border telling everyone there, it's wrong that the United States won't let you just come in. And that was the attorney general who's now our governor, who now frankly, um, has basically done little to deal with the impacts of what's going on in our own communities. And she's pointing the finger everywhere else when, in fact, she's the one, one of the ones, one of the progressives who was encouraging people to come here without any regard and in violation, frankly, as an attorney general, in violation of the law and, and not having any concerns about the impacts it was going to have on you, your family, your neighborhood, and this nation. And it is the government's problem, and it is the government's fault. And I blame Congress. But I also, you know, I, I, I note that uh, Mara Healy and some of these others have said it's, it's Congress's fault, it's not Joe Biden's fault. Really? Well, why is it that President Trump, when he's faced with this problem, and knowing that it was, we were having thousands and thousands of people, young kids, dying of fentanyl, poisoning from the drugs that were pouring in from the cartels, knowing in, that children, young girls are being raped by the coyotes of the cartels as they're bringing them along the trek to get them over the border, all the violence that's happening to these people and then having them you know, dumped into our communities. President Trump, he, he had the same issue with Congress not having acted for 25 years. But you know what the difference is? He didn't point the finger and said it's Congress's problem. He secured the border. So that's nothing more than a progressive excuse to say it's Congress. Point the finger. Look over here. Remember I mentioned earlier, if you were listening to the show, uh, pay no attention to what's behind that curtain. Remember the Wizard of Oz? Well, that's what these people are about. It's all about deflection. Look over here. Look over there. Don't look at the truth. You can't deny that President Trump, in spite of the fact he had the same problem, facing him that congress refused to create immigration reform if we needed more workers then you increase the number of work visas that's that's been done over our history there's no question about it and you don't need as much you don't allow as many to come in but you have to go through the process and follow the law and and to bl and to suggest that that somehow it's not president biden's fault 
because it's Congress. President Biden didn't have to unravel every single policy that President Trump put in place that kept these people from being able to come in? I mean, do you agree with that? I'm just I'm just puzzled by the fact that this is a global occurrence. This is happening globally. This is not just happening here in the United States. So it's way bigger than 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 uh, than just what we have going on here. This is happening all over Europe. Um, it is a global agenda. This is WEF. Oh, there's no question. That's controlling our country. That's controlling the world right now. And until Americans wake up to the fact that this is a global thing that's going on and we've been taken over by globalists, that's, you know, we can use the party flying baloney Democrats and Republicans and all that nonsense. But at the end of the day, this is a global government taking over our country and our way of life because this is a global agenda. And, and, and Carla, they're you all on board sorry. with it. Yeah, you make a great point. And you know what? Look, this is, look, George Soros and, and, uh, and the other progressive papers, they want a world order. and But what I would say to you where I would differ is that while you're right about that, I would say that it's not just the U.S., it's other countries, but but the U.S. is the one that's suffering the most. And the reason we are, we, we they would still be trying to get in. We, we would still have, I mean, there were still people sneaking in over the border when President Trump had put in all these things in place. But the fact is we we had a hell of a lot less because we had the border secured, we had we had things that were uh, being put in place with Mexico and so forth that was keeping them from getting in here. So while it's yes, it's an agenda, a global agenda, it's it's one that we don't have to have impact us the way it has when we have a president that's willing to take the steps to stop it from coming in. No, absolutely. So we're we're no, on the I same totally page. Agree. This is- yeah, absolutely. And I think this is more the reason why we need President Trump more than ever before, because he's not a globalist. Right. They attack him so much. It's because he's not a globalist. He's right. he, Even on his campaign, he would call them out and say, no, he's a globalist. So they're a globalist. He would let the people know who the globalists were. Right. And, and, and he's about America. He's not about globalism. And that's why he's so hated, because, you know, he's, he, he's going to give him a fight. And, and, you know, and I just... You know, it's like Tucker Carlson said he was really concerned about, you know, the worst happening to Donald Trump is what they did with Kennedy. Right. Because when you're not on board, you're at a really high lane. And I know I know he's got more than enough security, but there's always that risk. And that's the dangers. And that's if that does if that's not an eye opening thing for the people to wake up to, to what's going on in this country. And this you got this one guy who's a real, true patriot American who loves his country yep. and wants to be a sovereign country and not a globalist country. Um, and they're just, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's a very, very scary time we're in. You know, Carla, you, you make you make great points. Thank you so much for calling in. I got to go to break, uh, but I appreciate your your insights and and your 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 spot on. Thank you so much. Uh, we got to go to break, and uh, when we come back, you can call in five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Want to hear what's on your mind? It's such an important time in our country, and we're the ones that are going to make it uh, uh, better if we step up and do our our jobs as Americans. 508 I'm Tom Hodgson. Good morning, South Coast. I'm Tom Hodgson filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, we're having a great conversation this morning about uh, a number of different issues, hospitals closing potentially in our area nine if uh, they don't get the financial situation straightened out. Uh, the Medicaid, Medicare, and I think probably mostly Medicaid because it has to do with 
uh, so many more people being enrolled in Medicaid who are not here legally need medical care uh, are putting strains on our hospitals financially and um, and we have to um, we have to deal with that but um, we're having great conversations around probably the greatest wake-up call for all of America and that's um, this upcoming presidential election in November but the primary coming up uh, tomorrow in New Hampshire the the um, exciting primary which by the way Democrats are not participating in, which is in and of itself, I think, a story that ought to concern most most Americans. We're going to go right to our caller, 508-996-0500. Call in. Let us know what's on your mind. We want to hear your your thoughts and interest in this topic. Caller, are you there? I am. Good, good morning. Good morning. Great show this morning. Thank you for calling. Just wanted to t- thank, yeah, you're welcome. I just wanted to add to the steward. I noticed uh, I heard you say... St. Anne's and Good Sam's. However, Martin Hospital is also a steward hospital in Taunton, and so is Connie Boston Way. And that's quite a corridor to lose hospital beds. Plus, New England Sinai is an LTAC in Stoughton, which is already being closed. So those beds are going. St. Anne's hospital runs the surgery center at Hawthorne Medical. Hawthorne Medical is also a steward facility. So the impact's going to be much larger. Hopefully partners, South Coast, others may will step in and take over some of these hospitals. But initially it'll be quite an impact. Yeah, you're, you're right, caller. And when you think about it, I mean, the the, the the fact that Stewart is they've had these these um, issues around finance and they they're way behind on on being able to meet their obligations for their buildings and and other things that they've owed for quite some time. It's it's a really scary situation and 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 not just I I, I did forget to mention Morton and there are others that you mentioned as well. But importantly, um, as you said, hopefully maybe partners or others will take over. I know they are looking for some other investors to take it, but the problem is it doesn't end there because uh, the demand is going to continue at these other hospitals, whoever takes it over because of the millions that are pouring in over our border and need the, the health care, right, under the Medicaid system. And on top of that, what's going to happen when they close these hospitals, right? So say say you, you're getting treated over at Hawthorne Medical or wherever, and you have a doctor there that's treating some kind of condition you have, and 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 all of a sudden, if that's part of a steward uh, uh, facility that's shutting down, you're now going to have to try to get your medical records and try to find some other doctor who may have to move somewhere else because they, they're no mm-hmm. longer going to be able to work at a particular hospital. Is that is that your understanding? That is my understanding, but that's why I called in because it's the corridor of effect is much larger. Stuart, you know, the only one that I'm not overly concerned about is Hawthorne Medical. The doctors are doctors. They'll flip over back to partners where they were once before, but there's still going to be a, a messy transition period for them. And for patients, right? Scrambling. What? And for patients, right? And for patients. Yeah. Well, when I said them, I was meaning the patients. Oh, okay. I thought you so, meant the doctors. Yeah. No, not so much for them. They, are, you know, they have their patients, 
it'll go forward. But like you said, medical records, insurance companies, um, people who chose insurances that would that Hawthorne Medical would accept. Now they have to find other doctors, and are those doctors going to uh, accept their insurance? Are the Hawthorne doctors going to transition to those insurances? Right. And 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 the bottom line is, I mean, would you agree that that this whole issue of the increased demand based on the number of people coming in, the Medicaid, and all that, that 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 has an awful lot to do with it? It has a lot to do with it. I haven't seen an an overly impact, fortunately, of the immigrants coming in in this particular area, uh, but we have our share of that. Yes, yeah, that is adding to it. Yeah. Well, great points, caller, and, and, and thank you for calling in, and um, we hope that uh, they can solve this thing with minimal impact to the to the people who really need the health care and are people that are that are uh, have been loyal to those those hospitals over the years. We'll be right back. Five zero eight nine nine six. We're going to go to break. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Call in, and we're going to have great discussion uh, coming up. I have a guest. In studio, and uh, we'll be we'll be right back. I'm Tom Hodgson. <laughs> Good morning, South Coast. I'm Tom Hodgson filling in for Tim Weisberg. 508-996-0500. We're going to go right to our first call. Call, are you there? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I think hanging in. Can you? Good. Anyways, thanks. I think that um, there's a lot of corporate greed going on in this country, and. Um, you know, even even the food prices at, at some places, if you go, you have to check around and look. Like I went for a sub the other day, and the guy wanted a two seventy five for a small soda that you can buy at the Dollar Tree for a dollar and a quarter. Yeah, and, yeah. The thing is, and also these restaurants that are closed, and it makes it look like everything's so bad. You know, they did get the PPE money. They did get that money, and a lot of them, they just figured, hey, I'm getting older. I can retire. They're taking the money and running. They're yeah. not, that's the government money. They're not just, uh, you know, and then they don't, they don't, they were doing a lot of takeout when COVID came, and um, they kept the takeout because it was easier, and they didn't have to have a more, hire more people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and sadly, I mean, that is a reality of what's happening with a lot of businesses. They can't find people. Uh, to work, and it's um, oh no, they can find people because if you're talking about immigrants, they'll go to work, they'll take a job. Well, right, but but then you have you have the issue of of um, backgrounds and things like that. You don't know uh, a lot of these individuals you're hiring, and, and frankly, um, oh, they don't care. Are you kidding me? I see them they're banging roofs yesterday. You know how cold it was. You yeah, know who was up on the roof? Yeah, you know who it was. Yeah. Well, take a guess. Yeah, I hear so the you. The bottom line is, no, they're working. They're working. Believe you me, they're working. A lot of them, but um, and and that raises and they, that raises a good point, caller. I mean, there are if we don't have the services and we don't have the people that want to work, then we have to ask ourselves if we're not going to do it. Um, then we have to. We can't just say it's okay for illegals to come in and do it. Let's change the laws and allow for more work visas.